drinking a agua de sandia mm. from the place around the corner, and it is fucking awesome. Damn, it's like seeing watermelon made by angels. I'm just drinking tap water like a fucking moron over here. <laughs> Stupid. Well, I came home in like a total panic post haircut. I think the haircut looks really good. I really like it. Do you really though? Or are you just saying that? Oh, I like it. It's JTT vibes. Yeah, it's it's JTT with an undercut. Mm-hmm. Like if JTT was a lesbian. Who's to say? He isn't. How's your week been? So bad. How about you? <laughs> It's, well, you know, it was that, it was the time of the week, if you know what I mean. Sure do, I sure do. You know, I listened. From my vagina. Yeah. yeah. Spooning out the serve. Serving out of the serve. No. Tablespoons upon tablespoons of gunk. Gunk is exactly the right word to describe it. But I got a haircut today, and it felt like therapy and a haircut, so I feel fine. That's pretty good. I, on the other hand, uh, listened to the episode that we released with Aubrey today and heard myself at the beginning be like, I'm good. And I was like, you stupid fucking idiot. <laughs> You're a goddamn fucking liar. Yeah. Um, for my listener friends, uh, I think I have revealed that I live in Portland, um, but it's basically covered in smoke from wildfires and um, we are planning on hopefully not being evacuated, but we're preparing to be. So it's been bad. (laughs) It's been one bad week. It's been a bad week. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Maureen, do you know who else was having a bad week? Wait, you know what I wanted to tell you before that is segue was killer i used to do a a prank on mike quote unquote prank when we first moved into our house my uh, old phone used to talk to our tv whenever mike was like alone in the living room where i would like go outside to walk olive i would play it's been one week from my phone so it would like go right to the tv (laughs) god it's so annoying your pranks suck i'm pranks on that for a baby (laughs) (laughs) you know who's not a prank sinatra Ew. Jack. He does not have a very good sense of humor. Oh, girl, she does not play around. Morse code. Okay, this week, the episode is called The Confession, but it should be called The Gag of the Century. Wow. Get ready for the box part one and part two. That's what I call your... No. (sighs) No. No. It's not what we call it. (laughs) Hello? Is anyone down there? <laughs> we said we call it send a rescue mission in to rescue the Chilean miners. You have to cut that out. No, I'll leave it in. I'm exposing your vagina. They all got out. They all got out. Okay, they all got out. <laughs> Okay, we have to start this episode. Let's start the episode. Okay, That's so, so loud for no, yeah, yeah, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah. Right through me. Uh, so it starts where it stopped last week. So we're in Havana and Hassan orders Jack to kill Sydney to prove that he's on his side. So Jack actually starts blinking in Morse code to make a plan with Sydney. Sorry, I have to burp. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Jack actually starts blinking in Morse code to make a plan with Sydney so he doesn't have to shoot her. And like she's kind of like looking confused and then eventually she sees what Jack is doing. Yeah, he keeps that gun on her a little too long for comfort. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And then like, (laughs) yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Editing myself while I'm talking. No, don't. (laughs) Oh, no, oh, no. (laughs) Our pre-recording meeting just (laughs) fucked me up. I know. I I also feel myself like speaking in my NPR voice a little bit more. So I don't sound like this too early. Oh, welcome to room 47. I feel like our at like in our friendship, we've acknowledged this, but maybe not on pod that because we both have such strong accents, we bring them out in each other. Like I can't talk to Gina on the phone while I walk around the streets of Portland because people will think something's wrong because I'm screaming the whole time. (laughs) That's absolutely true. You can ask my neighbors when I'm on FaceTime with my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, so, while Jack is um, doing Morse code with his eyebrows, um, he's distracting Hassan with questions. And then eventually Sydney finds out what's going on and bang, Jack shoots out Hassan's guards and Sydney does the rest to the right of him. And like eventually they like knock everybody out and Sydney runs over to Jack and he's she she says something like, guard on the light. And he was like, guard on the right. And she's just like, I was never really good at Morse code. Yeah, she's just like casually untying him. <laughs> no, it's just so weird. I love when they have very mundane conversation while they're like gushing blood from their bodies. Yeah, like a very human moment. I think it makes it much funnier. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so Jack and Sydney get control of Hassan um, and he sends his guards on this false tip. Um, so Jack and Sydney take Hassan to a safe house to fake his death. Um, so Hassan stays dead. And Jack ends up getting the client list. The also, kind of a sidekick. I literally have that in my notes. I was going to say, I think that Jack gets the client list from a sidekick. It looks like the first edition of a sidekick. Yeah. It's so crazy looking. <laughs> have a sidekick? I never did. I was not a sidekick person. Um, AT&T, or it was, maybe it was still singular then, had like their version of a sidekick. Mm. It like snapped in half. <laughs> Stupid ass idea. The, the fact that you can open and close phones, that was a very dumb idea. Sydney and Jack talk after um Jack knocks out Hassan so they can transport him blindly to Cuba. Uh yeah, I think back to Cuba. Um so Sydney asks Jack uh why Jack didn't give any heads up about her about SC6 since he knew all along. Um, and Jack like pretty poignantly says that if he told her, then he'd have to admit who he was too. Mm-hmm. So this whole deep thing. Um, and then anyway, a helicopter comes and then Sydney and San go away. Yeah. And they go to America. That's right. I'm sorry. That's the whole episode. And I was like, they go to Cuba, Cuba, right? <laughs> <laughs> they go to Cuba. Even though they're in Cuba, they just sort of take off on a helicopter and then come back down <laughs> and they go. <laughs> Oh my God. I love that. Okay. So Sydney is telling Vaughn that Hassan's fake death worked and that SD6 is none the wiser. Um, she thanks Vaughn for getting her to Cuba to save Jack, but he um, 
he's really cold and he doesn't accept the thank you necessarily. Um, so Sydney is basically talking about how the experience makes her appreciate who her dad is and what he means to her. And then Vaughn sort of continuously, um, Vaughn sort of continuously looking at her very uninterested and a little bit worried. Yeah, for a spy, she's really unable to read that he's trying to like communicate to her that he has something very serious to talk about. But yeah. it's like, yeah, he's really a, my dad was really a pro in the field. It's like, yeah, no, <laughs> duh. Yeah. My dad's a fucking rock star. Uh, okay. <laughs> he's a freaking rock star. <laughs> yeah. So Sydney, like you said, is like high after talking about how cool her dad is and like what her and her dad went through. And then finally Vaughn decides it's time to like ruin that mood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he tells Sydney that he's had the NSA decipher the Cyrillic codes that are in the books. Which, um, by the way, it's codes, it's documents, it's alias, baby. Baby. We <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <laughs> need to do that. Sometimes I forget there's a microphone. See, I'm not, mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> doesn't remember the books are what Jack used to give Laura, Sydney's mom, every time he would travel to Eastern Europe. So Vaughn had these, um, the codes that were in the books um, deciphered, and it turns out that they were coded names of CIA agents who were ordered to be assassinated by an unknown KGB agent. So Vaughn is like, listen, this shit points to Jack, and Sydney is like very defensive of Jack, and like immediately is like trying to put the kibosh on it, and then Vaughn very like pointedly is like, it was your father. I'm going to report him. Yeah. So in this scene, Vaughn is really being the opposite of the boyfriend of the week. Yeah. Anyway, so now we're back at SD6 and look who's in the meeting. It's Dixon. Yeah. Dixon is back, baby. And Sloan and Jack prior to that are talking about Cuba. So clearly like the whole thing has worked and Sloan thing knows that Assad is dead. And then he shows the picture of him dead in the meeting. Um, so in the meeting, Sloan tells everyone about Sokoulis and he is Hassan's like right-hand man and he's looking for something called the package. So (laughs) that that brings us two very good lines back to back. The package? Yes, the package. (laughs) Package? Yes, the package. (laughs) This two times this episode and we are so grateful to the writers for giving us both codes and the package. Like I said, don't overcomplicate it. Just say the package. Just say the package. Just say, um, <laughs> SD6 thinks it's some weapon that they have to get their hands on um, before Sukulis does. So Sydney has to retrieve the specs of the package from Sukulis's office at a club in Greece. And Ma- Mar- Marshall, Marshall's optic. <laughs> Are these biometric retina scanner glasses that work up to like three feet? And if you make eye contact, that equals access because it creates like these contacts. Yes. The glasses like scan other people's retinas and make copies of other people's retinas, which Marshall explains while he's also like talking about a a monkey documentary. And I just want to say that I would watch the monkey documentary with Marshall. What a fucking cutie pie. I absolutely would. We would learn a lot. Yeah. We'd be laughing and learning. <laughs> so anyway, at the CIA safe house, Hassan <laughs> talks with Hassan, and he asks Hassan about the package, threatening him by mentioning 
the Patriot Act I knew you were gonna of 2001. I knew you were going to bring this up. Fucking yikes. Okay, um, for our listeners, maybe our non-American listeners, uh, since we've got those. You take this one. <laughs> okay, so in a way, this is alias lightly, tertiarily acknowledging <laughs> 9-11. Because the Patriot Act uh, was pack, was passed after, I think, 45 days after 9-11. And it was a surveillance law that made it easier for Ameri- the American government to spy on ordinary Americans by expanding the authority to monitor their phone and email communications, collect, like, I think, bank and credit reports. Um, essentially, yeah. it, it was an act that the government passed under George Bush that said, we can look at anything um, that you, any information that you have, private or otherwise, to monitor you and decide whether or not definitively you are a terrorist. Famous painter and war criminal, George W. Bush. Yeah, famous erotic <laughs> painter and war criminal, George w- and and friend of Alan, George W. Bush. Ugh. I yeah. described the Patriot Act. Did you know that the Patriot Act is an acronym? What? It is? Yes. So um, I'm moving this in front of you. Sorry, Gina. But okay. Yeah. So the Patriot Act is an acronym that stands for Uniting and Strengthening America by Providing Appropriate Tools Required to Intercept and Obstruct Terrorism. But where's the P? Providing. (laughs) You did say that. (laughs) Any questions on the Patriot Act? (laughs) God. Thanks for the sponsor, the Patriot Act. No. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Patriot Act. (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, um, we love Big Brother. Shout out to uh, the FBI. She's the the FBI. She's actually the NSA agent that checks out our pod every week. So shout out to Nice. Thank you so much, everyone at the NSA. Hi, love you guys. Can do a lot in this episode. Okay, promo. Okay. <laughs> Denise will talk later. Text me. <laughs> <laughs> Text me. Okay. So yeah. So then Jack pulls Sydney aside at SC6 and very awkwardly is like thanking her for saving his life in Cuba. And he's like, There are there are so many things I should probably say as a father. And it's like super weird, but it's very sweet. Um and it's clearly <laughs> I wrote the craziest thing in my notes and I have to tell you this. I don't know if you can still hear all of it. Hold on. This is the morning you're going to... I literally wrote, it's very sweet and it's it's very sweet and it's clearly hard for Sydney because her mind battles her heart. <laughs> what does that mean? Oh my God. That's... <laughs> <laughs> It's like a Miss America quote. Because her mind battles her heart. <laughs> it sounds like you're writing a, um, like a YA romance novel. It really does. <laughs> Sydney and Vaughn then meet up outside of RuPaul's alleged fracking plant. Oh my goodness. So she has to record all the spec info and not Dixon. And Vaughn gives her like a bunch of random shit, like a lipstick mic and like a compact recorder or something like that. Um, so once that's over, the conversation turns to Jack again. So Vaughn insists that they have to turn Jack into Langley, but Sydney still isn't convinced and it's up to her anyway, because those are her books. Um, so Vaughn is super hyped to turn Jack in 
and Sydney still refuses. Um, so Vaughn decides to show Sydney a file that he kept from her. Um, and he, she's like, yeah, I get it. Everything's bad and sad, but like, you know, what do you want me to do about it? Um, and he like gets real bitchy with her and like basically calls her selfish and it like really shocks her. Like he's really inside her brain, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and like I, we should say that the reason that Vaughn wants to turn Jack in is he found out that the code names in Jack's old books that Sydney turned into him uh, were people who were murdered by the KGB or officers that were murdered in the line of duty. So it's like, I feel like Sydney should be able to connect the dots on why Vaughn is taking this personally. Yeah. yeah, but she doesn't. Instead, she's like, look, is my dad guilty? Yeah. <laughs> look, should I turn him in? Yeah. And then like, she's like basically doing that thing. And you're like, oh girl, you're saying a lot of things. Um, and then she, before she leaves, she's like, you won't do this without me. And Vaughn doesn't give her an answer. So she drives away in the gayest car you've ever seen. <laughs> and then fucking Vaughn pulls a damn tape recorder out of his jacket. It's so ironic that this episode comes after we created the segment Boyfriend of the Week because... Boyfriend. Huh? Not a boyfriend move. It is not a boyfriend move at all. That's exactly what I was going to say. Sydney heads to club. club. Sydney heads to club. Sydney heads to the club with many hot men. Sydney heads to a club in Athens. And if you can believe it, Maureen, my personal favorite segment is... Um, this wig. Wait, do you have a name for the wig? Because I, I, I'm going to throw it to you this week, I think. You know what? I'm glad that you did because, as always, I, of course, have a name for this wig. And her name is Shane. S-A-Y-N-E, Shane. I added the Y to make it a little bit more feminine. <laughs> the haircut reminds me of every single hairstyle that Shane cut and processed or whatever on the L word. Um, uh-huh. Including Shane's own hair, I think at one point was kind of that like wispy thing that I don't know why women at one point the trend was that it looked like you had little sticks coming out of your head. But anyway, yeah, it looked- and um, just some facts about Shane that I think you might enjoy. So Shane is uh, a hairdresser, which is actually her third career in life, um, whose husband is actually an ex-punk, but they still had a Disney themed wedding. So that's just a little bit about her. Um, Now she has two kids, um, and she thinks like stoner humor is really funny. Like she really likes like Taco Bell humor, you know that kind of stuff. Taco Bell humor. Taco Bell humor. Funniest thing about Taco Bell is afterwards. You know, that's exactly the kind of thing that Shane would say. (laughs) You're you're being so Shane right now. She also, not only did she pull off the Shane, which I love, love that for her. And I loved that you called it Shane. She has a red choker on and you know we love a choker in this house. We stan a choker in this house. Yar squark. <laughs> Wait, what was she? She a tassel dress, right? 
It looks like a fringe dress. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not a fashionista. She looks like a flapper from the twenties. A flapper. (laughs) A flapper. Guys, for my 30th, let's do a flapper party. You know, cause like it's COVID, but like, then it's also the Spanish flu. So it's like hat on a hat on a hat. I want to do a great Gatsby themed or at the end, we all overdose. <laughs> I'm going to cut that. I'm going to cut that out. You should. And that absolutely insane Fergie song from the great Gatsby movie plays on loop for days. <laughs> and then they find our bodies. Nobody. That's us in purgatory, just like rotting and listening to that song. <laughs> oh my god anyway so wig of the week struts her stuff through the club (laughs) and dixon knocks out the security guy and finds sekoulis's office and gets to work um and tells sydney where sekoulis is and she heads on over to his table um and I also like I like how Sydney loves to play like the oh look at me just like hugging this wall <laughs> to get like the men's attention like her mouth is all pouty and like that's it the way that she moves past that bouncer and then turns around and does this thank you I was like get out of here. <laughs> he flirts and like the way that she's standing i'm gonna do that the next time we're allowed around people but it's me waiting at the bathrooms after a lesbian art house movie at the ritz exactly like just holding a little bit of popcorn still just like hugging the wall the thing is though you know i ate all that popcorn yeah you did you ate it all uh i love her in the choker i love the dress But the thing I love the most about this whole interaction with this skeezy club dude is the way that when he's going to leave, she goes, he goes, I'll be right back. And she goes, I can't wait. (laughs) That was so good. But before we get to that, because I have more things to say about that, too. There's another funny moment where, like, she's like, he's looking right at me. And, like, she does a finger wag for him to come over. She just, like, does this. Um and then she starts talking and he's like ah you're American and she's like that's right God bless America (laughs) the delivery was amazing God bless America I guess this is one of this is really good because like when she does an American accent she can really just do whatever the fuck she wants because it's like she's not pretending to have a different voice Mm -hmm. it's um so she ends up in this room and there's like a pole and it's like his secret, like the, the dancers will audition back here for me. But no, they don't. Um, but so now she's stuck because he leaves and he tells the guards, I'll be back in 10 minutes. Don't let her leave. And one of the guards is like, I think you'll be more comfortable here. And she's like, oh, really? Do you? <laughs> and she chops him in the fucking throat. <laughs> Grabs him by the wrist and like flips him and then kick, like what like karate chops him in the throat. Yeah, Literally throat chops him. And as much as we love a Sydney kink, we love a Sydney throat chop. We sure do. We need more of those. But do you? Really? Do you? Yeah. So like Maureen said, she kicks his ass, and while escaping from that and like trying to get to Dixon, he ends up getting first access to the contacts, which is bad. Which means that SD six has all of this information instead of the CIA. So she ends up getting caught, 
trying to get to Dixon. And Sekoulis is like being really creepy. And then he goes up to her and he's like, I don't know if you're my taste. And he licks her face. The noise I made when this man licked Jennifer Gardner's nose. Ugh. Horrible that she had to go through that. Disgusting. Disgusting. And then, of course, Dixon arrives and they kick ass and they leave. But, like, truly froze the scene. Ugh, so gross. And you cut to the next scene with Vaughn. And the first thing she says is, he licked my face. (laughs) Exactly. And, And he goes, I understand. You don't really. He licked my face. That should really be one line from Alias this week. It's true. Can we go back and start? Because then I want to be, maybe we can quickly just act that out with each other. I'll, I'll do Vaughn's voice. Okay, sure. Okay, so back in LA, Vaughn meets up with Hassan again. Also, I wanted to ask you, what do we think about Vaughn's energy and in his interrogations? What's it doing for you? You know, I, I want to say nothing. I don't, it's not really working for me. And, and I don't know if it's the like federal officer, like Aryan looking motherfucker of it all, or it's if, the patriarch of it all. Or if it's that like he is like lightly French and isn't really like, he's not like embodying the like Christopher Maloney tough cop thing either. He's just right. sort of like a nice man, which I love. But I don't want to fuck him when he's interrogating people. And that's really what the show's about. <laughs> Hassan tries to wager again with Vaughn and his family and shit. Um, he tells Vaughn that he actually has a stockpile of weapons and the package, allegedly. I think that's what he says. Um, in a silo on the Isle of Crete. So that's like our next big uh-oh. And then in the infamous blood van, that's when Sydney He licked my face. Understand. No, you don't really. He licked my face. And the way her jaw like unhinges when she says it. She looks so angry. She's angry at Vaughn. She's angry at this guy. She's angry at the patriarchy. Angry at herself. Herself. Victim blaming. (laughs) Well, she feels like the mission fail was her fault. And it wasn't because that guy was a creep. Um, And she wants to go to Crete herself to get the stockpile and like make up for it. Um, And she mentions using Jack for help, which causes Vaughn to admit why he really called a meeting in the blood van. So Sydney starts to explain sort of why she needs Jack and like all the Crete stuff um, when suddenly she hears her own voice come out of Vaughn's tape recorder and she looks fucking shocked and fucking pissed. Yeah, her JG's face in that moment is another masterclass in acting as she goes from like hurt to anger to just like stone cold, just like like another part of the show where I'm like, you should really be watching this. Like you should look at what Jennifer Gardner is doing every week. Cause she's fucking killing it. She's such a good actress. Yeah. It was all in the, Oh, so good. She's and really, nothing seems forced. Like everything is just so, yeah, of course she's that upset and you just believe it. I love her. Um, so Vaughn tells her why he did it. He didn't think that Sydney had the power to turn Jack in, but he also reveals, um, that he didn't actually turn in that tape yet and he gives her the tape but not without explaining why he cares so much so then vaughn shows sydney that his father was actually one of the dead agents that got murdered allegedly now they think by jack and vaughn has made a monday appointment to meet with devlin to turn in jack she like barely nods her head yes but like she goes for it but she's like shocked were you yeah. shocked the first time maureen 
I was shocked. And babe, this isn't even the biggest twist of the episode. Get ready. I had a feeling, you know, like when in the previous scene, when he recorded her, you could tell that he was taking it personally. And as is like the audience, you know why he's already explained why. But when he started to reveal that he had another file, I watching it was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's going to be him. It's going to be his dad. It's going to be his dad. And as we all know. Being honest about your dead dad issues is the only way to be. <laughs> You're right, Maureen. And here on Room 47, sponsored <laughs> by BetterHelp. <laughs> sponsored by BetterHelp. <laughs> you better get some help, girl. Yeah, we can't help you. Go be <laughs> help. <laughs> help us. <laughs> help us help you by not helping you at all. You know, um, just like last week when we introduced Boyfriend of the Week, this is sort of a psych out Boyfriend of the Week episode or moment for me. Because, you know, he gives her the tape. He's not turning in Jack without her. Mm-hmm. He's being honest with her about his dead dad issues. Plus, plus, plus. And he is inviting her to come to a meeting, which is girl boss vibes. But this isn't even the, <laughs> the nicest thing that he does for her this episode. No, it isn't. But you know who isn't nice but got something nice, maybe? Will. Guess what? Who's next? <laughs> Will. Well, he is useful for once in this scene. I will say that. He was a good friend. Sydney goes over to Will's and is like, can barely, like is not even speaking and is just trying and they go over and like she spoon sobs with him. Yeah, he big spoons her while she sobs. Yes, I'm sorry. Big spoons Jelly. while she sobs. Gotta get the logistics right. <laughs> and then we get Sydney in slow-mo. I mean, in voiceover, a double, a double threat. I love both of those elements. <laughs> I know I do too. And she, so she reads a letter she's written and hands off to Jack, basically telling him to make up a plan with Sloan so Sydney can safely get to Crete to the silo and like get all the shit so the CIA is back in control. And it works. So Sloan said, send Sydney to Crete to get a refractor, which I'm assuming has something to do with a weapon. <laughs> so it's another, it's a document or a code. It doesn't matter. Package, etc. Yeah. So immediately we're like in Crete. And so Sekoulis is already there, but he's leaving when Sydney is like spying on the situation. Okay, I said spy in a show about spies go absolutely off. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Wow. Um, <laughs> thanking myself. Um, so Vaughn and Weiss and Hassan are back at the CA leading the mission for her. Um, so Sydney enters the silo and Vaughn directs her through Hassan to. Sydney enters the silo and we get. From Sydney, and okay, I'm in. My God, I always, you're so good at remembering those. I just love them so much, and they stand out. I love that for you. I really do. I love that for you, babe. (laughs) I love that journey for you. Once she gets in, that's when the problem is. So Hassan gives, Hassan like very hesitantly, and then gives Vaughn um, the codes to get into the vault where all of like the weapons and and the refractor and shit are. Um, so while she's in there and Hassan's like, look for the black boxes, all of a sudden the vault behind her starts to close. And then they realize that um, it's actually a fail safe and she put in the wrong code. So now Vaughn's like, I'm going to fucking kill you, basically. The room started to fill up with gasoline. Yeah. yeah so Hassan says that Sydney has activated the anti-intruder device which means that Sekoulis is notified and heads back to the silo. So that's going to be a problem. 
And you know, before we get too far down this rabbit hole, something I did want to point out is when we, when Sydney finally gets into the bunker, you can see what she's wearing and it is a skin tight camo sweatsuit. It made me laugh so hard. It actually reminded me of a very specific only Gina, maybe two other people reference where in the L word, they were in the jail and they wore those jail pajamas. (laughs) This is that equivalent for me. Bet fucked the wall. Yes, when Bet fucked the wall. How could we forget when Bet fucked the wall? She thought the wall was the carpenter. Right. That character gave her some wood. One of my favorite things ever, which I'm is, was when Tina and Bet have the huge fight about the cheating, and then Tina runs away, and Bet goes, "Tina!" <laughs> Incredible! Incredible! This is a really heavy L word themed episode today. It. That's our side pod. We'll talk about the L word. Yeah, we'll talk about the L word and how it relates to Alias. <laughs> so, um. Hassan tells Vaughn that the room is about to fill with gasoline, like Maureen said, which it does. And then this like thing pops out of the wall that like looks like half of a flamethrower. So basically in minutes, the flame will ignite and the whole fucking place is going to explode. Hassan refuses to give Vaughn the right code until he guarantees Hassan's family's safety through the witness protection agency. So Sydney is like choking on gasoline, has no idea what's going on the whole time. And yeah, she keeps going. Vaughn, talk to me. Talk to me. Oh, and Vaughn. So Vaughn goes into Uba boyfriend mode, <gasps> which brings us to our next and most favorite segment. This, the favorite one. This is the favorite one now. Ladies, I know you know what that sound means. Boyfriend of the week. Yeah. So Vaughn has many, many good moments during this episode. And, uh, but this one definitely takes the cake because he says, give me the code, you son of a bitch, or I'll pull the trigger. Yeah. And then when he gets upstairs, uh, after Hassan is like, I will only give you the correct code if you ensure my family's safety when he gets upstairs to see his boss. And he's like, if I don't get your signature in the next 40 seconds, Sydney Bristow will die. Yeah, but babes, that's alias, innit? That's alias, babes, that's innit, then? Because you said Sydney, I wrote in my notes, Sydney Bristow will die. And then I just immediately wrote, babes, that's alias, innit? <laughs> innit, then? <laughs> for us so finally like Maureen said the letter is like signed and Sydney gets the code then Socolis shows up and he's about to shoot Sydney and she's like dude obviously there's gasoline in this room can you not smell it please don't shoot me I know this fucking guy so then he takes out a knife so they start west side storying uh, again west side yeah. do the jet song <laughs> when you get you've got knives in your pocket cause you're a jet <laughs> off, 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 off production <laughs> um anyway so um in fighting him off he ends up stabbing the keypad with his knife which is sydney's perfect opportunity to knock his ass on the ground and then run the fuck out of that vault with the refractor just as the broken keypad sparks up and sakulis is lit the fuck up 
And she gets blown into the air. Truly gets flown into the air by like a giant ball of fire. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. And we enter the final sequence of the episode. And this is a lot, Maureen, a lot happens. Yeah. So I'm going to set it up and then I think we're going to cut to a clip, right? Yeah, for the first time in Room 47 history, we will cut to a clip. And then we're going to talk about it. So back in LA, it's finally time for Sydney and Jack's meeting with Devlin. They meet up on the street. Sydney looks so good, by the way. Like, did she get a, did she actually go and get a blowout to bring her father on trial for treason? (laughs) It's crazy to me that you can't see my notes because that's just like a much funnier version of what I said. Literally said, did she get a blowout to send her dad away for treason? She she did. Her hair looks so good. And then in the next scene, they put it up yeah, like it looks so good that I missed it. Stunt is a stunt. What are you going to do? Yeah. But then I'll, that cute little scene with Sydney and Vaughn where Sydney, where Vaughn is like, you're amazing. You did a great job. And they like exchange that cute little look. Yeah. They're so cute. They really are. Um, and yeah, and like Maureen said, then the, now they're at the CIA and Sydney has one of these like low ponies, which is sort of like, I'm not gay. I just mean business. and it's like the same look that like every teacher i had in elementary school had that made me fall in love with them i'm not gay i just mean business (laughs) possible title of app i'm not gay i just mean business (laughs) i wish i could get the timbre in it for title of app introducing our newest segment i'm not gay i just mean business (laughs) i wish that was a seg it's just about I was going to say it's about us every week, but that's the opposite of the truth. Yeah, because we are we don't yeah. business. We're very <laughs> anyway, so Vinny and Vinny. <laughs> anyway, so me and my cousin Vinny. Uh, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Um, anyway, Vaughn and Sydney wait for Devlin in a conference room, but it's soon revealed as a fucking clown car of an important people coming in instead of just Devlin including but not limited to Jack fucking Abyssal <gasps> and this fucks them up this fucks them up their faces absolutely cracked it was like in All Stars when Fifi was talking about Alyssa Edwards and then they were on the other side of the mirror yeah oh my god you're right it was a face crack of the century I'm so sorry mm-hmm. <gasps> face crack of the century so then Jack enters the meeting and then this happens. I knew weeks ago that my file had been pulled and that you were suspicious of my activities 25 years ago regarding the KGB. But I learned that you had scheduled a meeting with Mr. Devlin regarding my history. I knew that it was time. Let me say in advance, I'm sorry to make this such a public display, but I felt it was important to do this in front of these people because they already know the truth. And because I didn't think that you would believe me otherwise. Those Cyrillic codes you found in those books, yes, they were orders from the KGB, and yes, they were orders to kill. An agent received those orders and carried them out. Murdered officers of the CIA, including your father, Mr. Vaughn. All this is true. But Sydney, I was not that agent. Your mother was. What? <laughs> 
But Sydney, I was not that agent. Your fucking mother was. We have the audacity to end the episode there. It's out of bounds. So many things happened. Maureen, that monologue is like one of my favorite things ever. Because like the way that like Vaughn and Sydney are both interested in absolutely shitting themselves is so cool like and like the way that jack's face is so unbelievably fucked up this whole episode which we didn't even talk about like that fucking like the thing on his lip which is like these giant stitches oh my god it's just such a cool scene i think it's good that you point out his like facial injuries because i think it's intentional that they keep him looking so fucked up the whole time because they are trying to just like gently remind the audience that at the beginning of this episode he was working with sydney to murder people you know to defend her life i didn't watch season one live as a kid i like had to catch up on it on the message boards (laughs) jesus christ um (laughs) and i watched season two pretty regularly And there is a season two episode, which was the first time I ever had that kind of TV experience where I was like, wait, what? And like, I had, you know what I mean? When you have that first time watching TV, it's like people have that with the Lost, with like really popular episodes of Lost. It's like the same thing. There's an episode of Alias at the Dead to Me. And it was like one of those things where I was like, oh, TV rules. TV is the best thing ever. I want to do this. (laughs) Like what, what thing did it do to you? It like made me go insane because I like needed to know the answer yes. and it happened to me a finale of one yes. of the seasons and it was just like so good it was just so crazy and um unique I'm so excited for season two and three and four and five but Maureen next week is a part one of two like an uh, an episode arc and next week is the special guest I've been telling you oh my god about. I'm so excited and it's not going to be Ken Olin no <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was later on in the season, but I, I said that last week and I was wrong. But um, yeah, I'm so excited. Welcome to Tina's fact checking and fun facts. Well, I tried to do research on like whether or not the KGB actually did put codes in books like that because I thought it was really interesting because like that's like a thing. It's always like disappearing paper. So I ended up on the K- KGB Espionage Museum, which is in New York. Hmm. And if you can believe it, <laughs> center of, center of <laughs> the free world. Oh, and I found a really, it's not, it's not so much as like a fun fact, but like, I want to sh- tell you all about these crazy things that they would hide stuff in. So my favorite thing is a Bulgarian umbrella, which was like an umbrella that you could like pop open and stab people with. <laughs> so my fun fact is go to the KGB Espionage Museum and look at all the cool shit they have because I can't pick one. But it's really interesting and it, it might it might come in handy for like future episodes when we're like, I wonder if the KGB actually did that. Yeah. What are some of the other ones that you like besides the umbrella? Oh, the crypto and cipher machines are really cool. So they invented something called the um the Fifka. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the design of the Fifka was best was based on the an Enigma machine that they used in World War II, which was like the most popular ciphering thing ever. Um, and it was basically like this tiny, tiny baby computer typewriter that could help you decode messages from enemies and also code your messages. So I, with a little bit more research, I'm going to try and figure out if they did that with books oh, too. Oh, cool. An answer to this one fact. <laughs> That's really cool. I, really, I, I tried to find it, but I couldn't find anything. I like that. That was a fun fact for me. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a cool website. Maybe Thermacare will sponsor our trip 
Espionage yeah. Museum. <laughs> Maureen, do you have any recommendos? <laughs> Did you see me do it with you? I went, <laughs> recommendos. Um, no. <laughs> I literally I have a recommendation it is so niche but soccer starts again this weekend so that's literally all I'm doing this weekend yeah. I'm writing and watching soccer and I got donuts so I'm excited how are they doing the games just like as the same as the NBA with like nobody there nobody's there at all now and the UK might be going in back into a lockdown soon because their government is also terrible so we'll see yeah Australia went back into lockdown like a few weeks ago oh yeah yeah, crikey. They went they, in Adelaide. Did they go into lockdown? <laughs> <laughs> they did. You know, it's fucked up, but at least if you go into lockdown, your government cares if you live or die. Yeah, right. I wish I was fucking awesome. I wish I was from New Zealand. Yeah. Same. I wish I, I don't know that accent, but I'll let you know. Wait, Gina, you know what I want to tell you, which I don't, I feel like you probably already know, but I'll just tell you anyway. That America has one of the slowest internet speeds in the world. I feel like I did know that, and that is so fucking annoying. It's crazy because we think that we're number one in so many things, but I just want to know what we are. We are number ninety in everything. Yeah, well, except for like incarceration. We're number one in incarceration and number one in deaths from a fucking plague Mm -hmm. or deaths from police officers. Weekend, listeners of Room Forty (laughs) Seven. The room 47, I just want to say the police are also a plague. <laughs> they are. Um, I'm trying to think of if I have an actual recommendation, but I've basically been only watching what I've already recommendation, recommendationed, <laughs> recommended. Recommendationed. Recommendationed. Yeah, honestly, I started The Vow based on your recommendation last week. That's fun. So good. I love it so much. And it reminded me of when we used to live together and watch Leah Remini's Scientology. Oh my God. Another great program. Leah Remini Scientology. Was it on A&E? It's probably on Hulu now too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, actually that's our, that's our combo recommendation for the week. Hard agree. Anything with Leah Remini and Scientology. <laughs> she is a fucking ballsy ass bitch and I love her and I wish she was my aunt. Yeah, me too. Desperately, I wish she was my aunt. And I recently watched an entire trash J-Lo movie because Leah Remini was her best friend in it. Exactly. I still need to watch that. I'm famously the Leah Remini to Michelle Visage's Maureen. Maureen's Michelle Visage. <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I am the only Maureen that Michelle Visage knows. <laughs> famously, the Leah Remini to Maureen's Michelle Visage. Here we go. It's a very niche reference to two moderately famous best friends, to two non-famous best friends. <laughs> and we are moderately, just for clarification. <laughs> yeah, I didn't tell you which was which. You have to make that decision on your own. <laughs> well, on that note, Maureen, yeah. it was really lovely having you this week. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for being on my show. Oh, um, and yeah, thank you so much for being on my show, first of all. Oh, wow. <laughs> Not on. 47 is not endorsed by J.J. Abrams, the American Broadcasting Company, Walt Disney Company, Amazon, or any of their subsidiaries. It is intended for entertainment purposes only. Alias and any clips, images, or names are registered trademarks and are copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders.
Room 47 is an Alien Baby production. Crazy.